granted us to sow such good So what did you say? They said this to test him, so that they could have some charge to bring against him. Jesus bent down and began to write on the ground with his finger. But when they continued asking him, he straightened up and said to them, Let the one among you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. Again, he bent down and wrote on the ground. And in response, they went away one by one, beginning with the elders. So he was left alone with the woman before him. Then Jesus straightened up and said to her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? She replied, No one, sir. Then Jesus said, Neither do I condemn Go. And from now on, do not say morning. My name is Father Sean Kilcally, and it's a great joy to be with you all here at St. Pius X for this year's parish mission. And um, I'm originally from Michigan, and I serve as the director of the Office for Family Life in the Diocese of Lincoln, and this is the first time I've done a parish mission outside of my own diocese, so be gentle with me. This year, the theme for the mission Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday is family life and God's merciful love. And the reason I picked that theme is because we find ourselves right here in this specific moment in history where we're coming off of this year dedicated to the family as we were preparing for Pope Francis to come to the United States for the World Meeting of Families. And then in December, Pope Francis called for this jubilee year of mercy. This jubilee year of mercy. And during this year of mercy, there's been a lot of focus on the spiritual and corporal works of mercy. But I think that Pope Francis, when he called this year of mercy, He really wanted something more than simply volunteering more at the soup kitchen. Or something more than giving a little bit more to the poor box. Because when he calls for this year of mercy, it's a year that's meant to facilitate conversion. And Pope Francis is constantly preaching about conversion. 
You know, he says things that people are like, why did he say that? But he'll say things like, so-and-so's not a Christian. And when he says that, he says that because he means they're not converted. Their heart isn't converted. They don't know Jesus intimately because if they did, our Lord would be shining through everything that they do. And mercy is the way in which our Lord wants to convert our hearts. Mercy is the way in which our Lord wants to convert our families. Because the family is the place where we encounter this most especially. It's the place where we encounter our Lord most especially. And so that's the focus of the week. And if you're thinking to yourself that, well, I don't want to come to something on the family because my family's kind of dysfunctional, which sometimes I get when I go around and give talks. I'll tell you the family that I came from. So the family that I came from, my dad grew up in Ireland. When he was 19, he got married, had two daughters and a son, moved to the United States when he was 22 years old. My brother was about two years old when he got divorced and abandoned that family. Lived in Memphis for a while, lived in New Orleans, met some people, moved to Michigan. My mother grew up in Michigan when she was 16 years old. She got married and had two sons. And when the youngest was about two years old, she also got divorced. So dad moved to Michigan, met my mom. They got married. I was born. Yes. And about two weeks shy of my second birthday, my mom died of cancer. So then dad remarried a third time. They had two daughters and a son. And when I was a sophomore in college, they also got divorced. Right? That's how I became the marriage and family priest. Right? That's the family that our Lord called me out of. It's really the family that I grew up in in a way that really caused me to pray from a young age. Because from a young age, I would start to marvel at the fact that I existed and kind of say, Lord, you went through a lot of trouble to make me, so there must be a reason for that. And my vocation in many ways was born there. But I'll tell you the rest of that story if you come back Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. (laughs) Today we have this beautiful story of mercy in the Gospels of the woman caught in adultery. And this story isn't simply a story of forgiveness, right? A lot of times we use this story to say, well, we, sh- we should forgive people, but we have to always remind them never to sin again. But I want to look at this story from the point of view of this woman because I really hope to be like her. I hope that we all can be like her because she has a conversion through mercy. That this woman was a known adulteress, right? This, the elders wanted to trap Jesus, and they were thinking of a way to trap him, and so they thought, oh, we know that one adulteress. We know that one prostitute. We'll go catch her and bring her to our Lord. And she had been living her life that way probably for some time, and most likely she was the kind of person who hated herself, She was the kind of person who didn't believe that she was really lovable. 
She was the kind of person who believed she wasn't worth loving, that she had no value except for her bodily value. She might have hoped to have a family someday, but knew that that would never happen. And so she engages in this life where she kind of goes from man to man to man to man to man. Kind of good enough. The good enough life. How many of us have ever, like, kind of settled for the good enough life? Sometimes. And so that's the life that she's living. And then one day, these men come in and interrupt her. They catch her in the very act of committing adultery. Pull her out of the house, out into the street, and then all these other men gather around, and they're all circling around her. And now she feels the weight of everybody knowing her shame. Now everybody looks at her the way that she looks at herself. Like she has no value except for her bodily. She's not worth loving. She's this horrible person. She'll never be happy. Now she'll really never be happy because everybody knows what she did. She's not wearing very many clothes, and so everybody's probably just staring at her body. And therefore, she's probably staring at the ground. And so what does Jesus do in that moment? It says in Scripture that he bent down and started to write on the ground. And lots of times when we've heard this sermon, the sermon's about what did Jesus write on the ground? But I don't really think it's important what he wrote. I think it's important that he wrote. Because that's where the woman was looking, and he probably was just trying to get her attention. Like, hey, look at my finger. Kind of like when somebody's staring off, and you're like, are you with me? And so he waves his finger in front of her eyes. She notices his finger and sort of follows it up his arm. And then she looks into the eyes of our Lord and notices that our Lord is looking back into her eyes. He's not looking at her body. And he seems to be looking at her with love. And so like any of us who have ever been filled with shame and somebody's actually looking at us with love, she probably looked back away again. And then our Lord stands up and he says, whoever among you has no sin can cast the first stone. And he goes back to writing on the ground. Hey, look at my finger. Now follow it up my arm. And look into my eyes and see that I love you. And so this time the woman looks into our Lord's eyes and she notices that he actually sees me. He actually is looking at who I am inside. She sees the look of love. And I think in that moment that everybody in the crowd also saw the look of love. They also noticed that our Lord was looking at her differently. 
that they, the crowd, was looking at this woman's body, looking at her with lust, thinking about all the things that she'd done. And our Lord looked into her heart. And maybe the crowd remembered Jesus saying, whoever looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart. And they start to drop their stones. And eventually it's just Jesus and the woman. And then this most important line comes. He says, woman, has no one condemned you? And she says, no one, sir. And the no one, sir, includes herself. She no longer even condemns herself. Because she started to see herself through the eyes of Jesus. She started to see that her value comes from the way that Jesus looks at her. And the way that Jesus looks at her is completely different. And so she's able to say, I do have value. I am lovable. I can be happy. And Jesus says to her, go and sin no more. And where does she go? She goes right behind Jesus and becomes his disciple. Scripture says that she was present at the foot of the cross. Tradition says that she was the first to discover the empty tomb at Easter. And then carried the gospel message to southern France. Because she was converted by mercy. She had that experience of being loved in a moment in which she believed she was not lovable. John Paul II says that mercy is this kind of love that reaches beyond the requirements of justice. When we know that we deserve to be punished and yet somebody embraces us. That's what this woman experienced. And my prayer during this mission is it's what we'll all experience. It's what you'll experience. Because our Lord wants you to have that same experience. To know his deep, deep, deep abiding love for you. No matter what you've done in your life. And these things seem obvious to us. But there are many of us who we still kind of condemn ourselves for our past sins. I talk to lots of people in spiritual direction who they hate the person that they were when they were in college or in high school. They hate that person. And in their head, they beat that person up constantly. Whenever something bad goes wrong, they're like, this is just Jesus punishing me for that one time I got drunk in college and X, Y, Z happened. It's not mercy. Our Lord wants to transform that. Or those of us who struggle with different sins in our life, and we kind of keep those in a compartment over here, you know. And we come to Mass and we pray and we're involved in the parish, but then there's this part of our life where we're not very virtuous. 
And we easily slip into the temptation that Jesus loves this part of me that comes to Mass and prays and is involved. And he really isn't very interested in this sinful part of me that stays up too late on the internet or lies or whatever I do. You know, and that is also contrary to the gospel and contrary to the message of mercy. Jesus is more interested in the sinner than the righteous. That's who he hangs out with. So he's actually more interested in this part of my life over here than in the part of my life that's virtuous because he wants to transform it. Because he wants to speak his love into it. Because he wants to heal it. And so today let us pray that our own hearts might be open to the graces that our Lord wants to give to us. Most especially that grace of conversion that comes through experiencing our Lord's mercy again and again, as if for the first time. Let us pray especially for everyone who will attend the mission this week that the message of mercy that our Lord wants to speak to each and every one of them, each and every one of you, will ring true in your hearts and bring transformation to your lives, that you may more zealously follow our Lord, as did this woman in today's gospel. So our Lord can transform each and every one of us, our families, our parish, and the world around us.